0: On this, our 100th episode of The Popcorn Diet, we try to put on a happy face for Joaquin Phoenix. That's right. We're talking Joker. Get your popcorn ready. For my whole life, I didn't know if I even really existed. But I do. And people are starting to notice. When you bring me out, can you introduce me as Joker welcome all you good movie buddies to the popcorn diet a podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie theater popcorn and other movie snacks as always my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy, and joining us as usual is our other good movie buddy, the Canadian Machine, Mr. David Melhorn. David, how you doing today? Doing great. You doing good.
1: Yeah, we're uh, technically. I think this is the first like true like Oscar film, as weird as it seems, since it's a comic book movie. Maybe. I mean, we had Ad Astra. We did. We had Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yep. But like, we're getting into that like world. We talked about this last week when we did our Oscar uh-huh. episode. This is one of those film festival winners. Tis and the so season. So it's uh, it's where we start doing a lot of these movies.
0: It is Joker. Todd Phillips written and directed. Joaquin Phoenix starring. DC adaptation. Uh, it's our 100th episode, man, and I can't believe that this is the movie that we, that fell on the calendar. Well, our
1: first one was The Mummy, so, you know, we're kind of...
0: Wow. <laughs> We've come full circle. <laughs> come full circle. Now, um, yeah, man, this is a really interesting movie to talk about. There's a lot of stuff to unpack, and obviously we are going to try our best to talk about it without spoilers and so that sometimes, I know when we talk, no spoilers, sometimes it comes off as a little vague, I suppose. But I think it's important. I think it's important that we talk non-spoilers, that we talk overall general thoughts. Literally anything that we mention during the non-spoiler section is stuff that is easily accessible by basically, mostly just the trailers, I suppose. Yep. And like the cast list, you know, like it's Brett Cullen plays Thomas Wayne. Ooh, that's not a spoiler. Nope. Right? Um, so, yeah, man, there is a lot to break down with this movie. And I guess the first place to start is with expectation and what we expected coming in here. The trailers for this movie were pretty earth shattering. You know, they really painted a different type of movie that was coming out something that looked extremely dark, something that looked extremely atmospheric didn't look like any other comic book movie that had come before it. We had this, both had this high on our most anticipated lists. And then that, that expectation and that anticipation only grew and mutated more as this became a film festival movie. You know, it, it became a movie that won the golden lion at the Venice film festival. That, that, garnered all different types of reactions across the spectrum from This Is Garbage to This Is A Masterpiece in Toronto and New York. So what were your expectations? What did you expect uh, uh, coming into this movie? Well, I'll say
1: that I do my best to not read what people are saying about a movie ahead of time. It's quite the opposite. I I try not to see... The Twitter trolls come out and make comments and I try not to read all the Rotten Tomatoes. I'll usually glance at what the the score is. So sure. if it's a fresh movie, or like what the percentage top
0: consensus like.
1: Yeah. And I'll read maybe the, the top line of like what the overall consent to a uh, Rotten Tomatoes consensus is right. beforehand. But that's more just to get a perspective. Like basically, are people liking this movie or people disliking this movie? I try not to read any details because one. I don't want to get any spoilers because I don't like spoilers. Sure. And two, I like to try to keep as little of expectations going into a film because for me, like there's going to be some general expectations that you have from seeing the trailer. Like when I watched this trailer, I thought, okay, obviously this is a completely different take than we've had of any Jokers. Right. Um, this is. Seems like a super dark movie, um, but you weren't really given much as far as understanding of like, okay, like, uh, you kind of knew early on, okay, Batman's not going to be in this, but were you going to be like, okay, it's an origin story, so where at in the timeline are we? That wasn't really evident right. how, in any how, of the trailers.
0: How does it fall into any of the DC universe that we've seen before? Exactly, if- or, or,
1: or even just... Everybody knows the Batman story. Like, we don't... Most people don't know the Joker's origin story. And obviously, there's, you know, various ones out there in the different comic books. Mm -hmm. But, like, most of us don't know, like... Didn't know going in, unless you did research, like, where in the timeline this went. Like, is this after Thomas Wayne's been killed? Right. Or does that happen in the beginning of the movie? Like, where in this kind of chronological order of what we know of Batman when does this happen and so um you know from that standpoint I was interested to see it it also seemed very much to me like for a movie like this to be made and granted studios are not afraid of redoing and recycling stuff like but for me especially with the Joker given obviously what we got from Heath Ledger and from Dark Knight for even DC and for the studios to want to come out with this movie, it needed to be a very different take, something right. something completely different than what we saw. So I didn't really expect to see like Joker robbing banks and like, you know, right. causing Making crime and that, like ass. being an actual villain, like, and that, like I didn't know where it was going to go other than that. So I, I didn't have a whole lot of expectations. All I knew is that this is going to be a very different Joker than, than what we've seen before.
0: And for me, it, it was kind of the similar thing, but I obviously am on the opposite side of the fence. I like collecting as much information as possible. So I'm looking at the, the you know, spy pictures of the sets of when, oh, look, Joaquin Phoenix is dancing down the stairs and we have the spy pictures and there were spy pictures of Thomas Wayne running for mayor or whatever it is. And so Mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh, Thomas Wayne is alive. So theoretically, this is before they are, you know, murder. This is
1: baby Bruce, Mm -hmm. you know,
0: baby Bruce and and all that stuff. And, but is Bruce even around? How big of a role does Thomas Wayne have? So there were questions like that as well. For me though, I guess my biggest question mark was how does a movie like this exist? Because the Joker, is In the history of the Joker, comic books and movies and everything, he has always been a villain. And there is no gray about it. He's never been an anti-hero. He's never been a guy who then join. oh, I'm going to join the... I mean, even in the Suicide Squad movie, he's not part of the Suicide Squad. No. He's in direct a direct antagonist towards the Suicide Squad, you know? And it goes all the way back from the comic books when he started just as a a criminal who stole things. And then the comic books kind of turned him into this buffoonish, goofy character because of comic book censorship. And then with the 70s and 80s, he turned into this dark psychopath. And then you had the killing joke where he kidnaps James Gordon and puts him through all of this psychological torture just to prove that one bad day could turn anybody into the Joker. And then you evolve from that into Nicholson, who's a gangster. And then you evolve from that into Ledger, who's this anarchist terrorist. And then that seems to be the popular one that's grabbed onto because then when Leto comes back in and he's like gangsta with an A, kind of universally rejected. Nonetheless, an interesting take on the Joker. The Joker's always been a character of vanity, but that was pretty much rejected as like, this is really <laughs> stupid, right? And now we've kind of gone back to this psychologically damaged character, but he has always been a bad guy. He has always been a villain. So it's different than a Venom solo movie because Venom, over the course of, of history, has... Suede. Yeah. He's become an anti-hero. He's become agent venom. He's, you know, that character of Eddie Brock has been different. Mm-hmm. Logan, you know, lo- you do a solo Logan movie. Well, that's not hard. Wolverine's a hero. There's a lot of interesting stuff there. But to me, it's what is Joker without a Batman? What is Joker without an antagonist? What kind of movie is that? Yeah. And it turns out it's a pretty dark freaking movie. Sure. <laughs> not a lot of hope. In this movie, yeah. Uh, well, so. and there was
1: a, I, and I feel like the other thing that was difficult to avoid, even as much as I try to avoid, is all the other noise that was around this. Lots especially, of noise, especially for a comic book movie. I can't think of a whole lot of other comic book movies that carried the same type of, I'll say, like discord or like commentary. Yeah, that the discourse,
0: this, the media, um, and. and Obviously, we're going to get a little political on this, but you and I try to avoid politics as much as possible. But the media uh, ballyhoo over yeah. like, oh, this is dangerous and people are calling for it to be canceled and all of that. Yeah. Well, and I I mean,
1: I, I kind of feel like there was three main things that me being someone that tries to avoid it couldn't help but like run into. And like first you had like I feel like the Todd Phillips interview. Sure. Um,
0: Todd Phillips. Famously, a, f- um, a comedy director directed yep. the Hangover movies. Uh, directed um, War Dogs. Directed War Dogs. Directed Old School, if yep. I'm not mistaken. Yep. Like this guy's doing comedy, and he's doing bro comedy. Bro comedy. Yeah. And
1: and he in his interview he said basically along the lines of like he got tired of the fact that you can't do anything funny anymore, as he put it. Right. So which he, of course set he, off. He everybody. went a different way, which obviously set off a lot and things like that um he did road trip as well which it's is, always been bro comedy yeah it's always been bro comedy type of things and so i think that obviously set up set off people in one way yep um to start controversy already i also feel like the funny thing about this movie was that it seemed like everybody had something to complain about like nor- normally when a movie comes out i feel like it pisses off like a specific segment if it's right. if it's controversial it Pisses off a specific segment of society. right Pisses off women. It pisses off men. It pisses off, you know, a minority. It pisses off Republicans.
0: Somebody's mad about. We're all we're in a society now where we have such access to everybody. And everybody has now gotten into their little specific groups. And the worst of those groups are the loudest that sure. everybody's somebody's mad at something all the time. But
1: this one, I felt like had people like on both ends, like right. if we want to if we want to boil it down, you know, and it's probably too sweeping to to boil it down this way. But I feel like you had more the conservative or the right side of the political spectrum that was seemed pissed off around like this movie glorifies violence and this is dangerous and. You had kind of the FBI and police, right. you know, worried about kind of the fallout from if you remember when Dark Knight came out, there was a mass shooting in Colorado, right? Um, and so there was lots of concern that this would only antagonize and and lead to something like that. And then you had you know the left side that, you know, the more liberal side or or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, um, that gravitated more to like some of the controversy around Todd Phillips as well as like. You know, there was this whole storyline of like the way that race is portrayed in this movie and and obviously mental health, mental health, as well as, you know, almost like this being a commentary on like how Trump got into the office. Yeah. Of like or marginalize a certain part of society and eventually they're going to revolt and and lead to unstable,
0: angry white man. Exactly. Which is which is currently the left's favorite thing to get angry about. Sure. Like. And that was the thing is like mo- most of and th- it all pairs together it all pairs together you know most most violent mass shootings have been uh, uh, executed by angry unstable disenfranchised unstable white males yep. and you know you had the one guy in Colorado who everybody alleged called himself the joker but if he was really a joker like he dared he dyed his hair like red like is not like let, let's be honest. It's crazy, sure. it's a guy's crazy guy, okay. But then at the same time, you get this movie about a crazy guy who's rising up, and well, what kind of message does that send to all the other crazy guys? Sure. You know. And as you said, it's 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 such an interesting film. But you did you had all this noise around it, but of all of that, and I could we dude, I could go for hours on how Todd Phillips should both shut his mouth, but also has a point. Like everybody getting mad at Todd Phillips for what he said proves his point, right? But at the same time, his point is also invalid because there's some great comedy out there right now. And he's yeah. like, oh, you can't make comedy anymore. And it's like, dude, watch Barry, watch the good place, watch good boys. Like those, despite your feelings on good boys, sure. like those movies exist to make money. You know, and those move are those, those things are very, very popular. Sure. And they manage to do comedy now. So it's, it's weird how that statement manages to be both true and untrue. Yeah. And I think that's a lot, very similar to this movie. It manages to both be, be saying something and saying nothing it manages to both be great and also be lackluster yeah. but i think the one thing even you and i and everybody can agree with is that Joaquin Phoenix is absolutely phenomenal he's fantastic it. absolutely it's it's which is not a shock you know no. Joaquin Phoenix is one of those guys now where we've said it before with a number of other guys we said it with McConaughey we said it with Pitt we said it with DiCaprio where when it's announced he's doing something, you can't help but be interested in what he's doing and, and be like, oh, okay, what is this about? What is he doing here? And sometimes it turns into something, sometimes it turns into nothing. But that seemed to be the general consensus was that Joaquin's phenomenal in it. So with all of that being said, let's talk about it. <laughs> Let's give some 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 non-spoiler thoughts about it. Base as it exists right now, how did you feel, David, walking out of this movie? How did you now obviously you didn't consume as much noise yeah. as I did. I consumed all the noise. I have many thoughts. Yeah. I think everybody's stupid. That's pretty much my thought, <laughs> is that everybody is stupid. And and if you're scared of this movie, you're stupid. If yeah. you're de- religiously devoted to this movie, you're stupid. Like, art should exist. As as dumb as it is to be like, this is a movie made about a DC character who dresses as a clown, art should be allowed to exist. and sure. And you can't blame art. People blaming movies for violence or worrying that movies... You know, are going to cause violence. Like you have many people on the left who are worried that this is going to incite angry white male violence, right? Sure. But then you also have people on the right who say that same thing about video games, who yeah. then the people on the left say you can't do that about, and it's all just blah, 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 bullshit, right? So how did you feel with all of that, with all this noise? We finally get to see this movie. Yeah. How did you feel walking out of it?
1: You know, I think for me, I walked away with just very much mixed feelings on this. I didn't know. Like, I think first and foremost, as we said, I walked away with two things that I knew I believed one. Joaquin Phoenix is great in it. Yep. And two, it's a very well made movie. It's like, incredibly well made. It's incredible Well
0: acted, well shot, well directed, well written.
1: All of that is to me beyond argument. Um, I think, you know, some people beat up on the writing and whatever. There's there's maybe nitpicks you could make, but sure. like the acting and the visual aspects and all that to me are, are fantastic. Um, for me, the the challenge for me was kind of what we hinted at earlier a little bit going into the film was like, I don't know what I really think this movie is in the sense that. It's definitely not like your traditional comic book movie. Not at all. Um, I would say save for the last 15 minutes. Right. It doesn't even feel like you're in a comic book movie. No. It doesn't even feel like you're dealing with villains or heroes it feels or anything like, like that. It feels like
0: you're in an Oscar bait movie. Yeah. Like I feel like
1: I'm watching uh, like some movie on mental illness and poor This is about a you guy know, like, the like
0: the if Daniel Day-Lewis Daniel Day-Lewis Day would do something like this. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's
1: something. And so from that aspect, you know, I don't know how I really feel about it. I mean, the other thing that's that's with this is it's you get this origin story of Joker, which has never really been told from from my memory. I don't think the comics even necessarily go really into like how the Joker became Joker. Like
0: there is there is much like uh, I believe he says it in a comic and it's very similar to the way the joker describes himself multiple different ways in the dark, dark knight, knight yep. but he says i prefer my background to be multiple choice so there are versions of it like in yeah. uh, i think the 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 killing joke the version is he's a struggling comedian who poses as a criminal known as the red hood falls into the vat of chemicals becomes the joker yeah. there are other ones where he is actually the red hood it's, but there's it's, there's no definitive there's
1: no canon story of yeah. how the Joker became the Joker. Right. like in the
0: Dark Knight, he's just an entity.
1: In in a lot with a lot of our villains, like there's a very specific way they became who they are. Sure. More of the variation with these in comic books typically comes from everything post them becoming that. Like right with Batman. The same story happens every single time. Right. His parents get With shot. With almost
0: any one of his villains. Almost everyone. As a matter of fact, every one of them yep. has an origin story. Harvey Dent is the district attorney who gets his face burnt off. Yep. The Riddler, well, the Riddler's a little different. But Penguin's a mobster. Yep. Scarecrow was a psychiatric guy who lost his mind and wants to use fear. Yep. They all have origin stories.
1: Yep. And, and, and so from that standpoint, it's the first time that I can really think of and I'm sure if I did more research um, I could find other examples but like it's the first time I feel like we've had an origin story void of heroes or as you said we've had you know a comic book movie void of a protagonist like there's not anybody that you really feel like you're rooting for in this movie right like I know people say like it glorifies the Joker and maybe like rising up against the rich and the wealthy and the powerful like I personally didn't walk away from feeling that way. Like, I didn't really have anybody I was rooting for nope, in this film. There's like,
0: nobody to root for, except maybe the two cops, because one of them is played by Shea Wiggum, and Shea Wiggum's my dude. Zazie Beetz's character is nice, but she's not really in the movie a ton. No, nope,
1: she's not in there a ton. But you're
0: right. Like, I I get there's so much there. I get how each a different people could look at this movie and get a different thing out of it. I get how maybe those who lean right could see this as damnation of the rich and powerful. I get how those who lean left could say it's a damnation of the poor and the downtrodden. Like sure. it's very weird and unsettling to think about. Did you ever see So there's and this is I'm going off on a way right field here. But there is a picture online that if you look at it, it says, like, try to identify one item in this picture. And you realize that you can't. It's kind of blurry and, and it's yep. kind of like, have you ever seen that picture? Maybe. If you look at that and the idea is looking at that picture and trying to pick something out, um, I believe simulates the feeling of having a stroke where okay. you can't recognize something no matter how hard you try. And I actually looked at that picture for a good minute and it started like I started getting upset. Like I started getting really frustrated with it. That's how this movie feels to me. I can't pin it down. I can't yeah. put one finger on why this movie exists, or who this movie is for, or what this movie is trying to say. Which isn't to say that it shouldn't exist.
1: And it's not even to say that it's bad or exactly. anything like that.
0: But it's an enigma, and it's really weird.
1: And I think a lot. I think, and it's it's obvious by the very wide ends of the spectrum that you get as far as people's feelings on this movie. But I think, you know, that's another, you know, point that shows just the evidence of this movie's just confusing of how you feel about it. Like any given person could walk in and think it's the greatest movie ever. And another person could walk in and say it's the worst movie of all time. You don't usually have that wide of a spectrum right. on a movie. Like you don't usually have that big of deviation. Usually you have like people that think it's the greatest ever and people that think it's eh, yeah, it's, it's okay. Yeah, and maybe like, they don't
0: like it because people and like
1: Especially it. not in this type of film. Like you get that with comedies? Like I feel like with comedies you get people that think it's hilarious and people that think it's stupid because comedy is subjective sure. in a lot of ways. Hey, I just stole a line from the movie. Yep. But uh but from that standpoint I think this movie is also very much subjective and maybe we just ran across a aha moment of this movie of it's it's very much every person like we're going to do our popcorn ratings here in a second and to me like my rating may be very different from someone we had kai in our office you know good friend of the podcast who absolutely loved it it wouldn't surprise me if another person in our office goes and sees it and hates it
0: right I, what's, I,
1: I guarantee you, Melanie probably hates it.
0: Oh gosh, what what's so interesting is that Kai, good friend of the podcast, Kai, we gotta have him on here one time. We'll have him pick a movie. Lord of
1: the Rings, we How gotta we do it. favorite movie of all time. Okay, for him. yeah,
0: we'll do that. We'll do that for perfect popcorn. But he he actually said to me a couple of things. Like he said to me that he thought Zazie Beetz's character could be Harley, right? Sure. Now, a that kind of casting is amazing. Zazie Beetz would be an amazing Harley Quinn. Sure. Margot Robbie's great, but if we wanted to do something else, she would be an amazing, amazing Harley Quinn. But that's that's he 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 didn't even he didn't understand what the point of this movie was. Where's where does this lie? Where's the continuity? Is he getting a Harley Quinn? Where's Batman and all this? Like, he was influenced by the previous, you know, his previous understanding of the Joker. Yeah. When yeah. Using that previous understanding of the Joker is really useless for this kind of movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: I mean, you really are best to not go in with expectations of this being a DC movie and a, right. a a Batman movie. Yes, you're gonna get you're gonna get payoffs and ties that you know towards the end that tie into things that you're familiar with. Right. But overall, like even the things that are you are familiar with, even down to the city of Gotham itself, right? Like are not really recognizable to what you're used to in this and again all of this is not to say that this movie is bad in any way necessarily sure it's not saying like again it's a very well-made movie great performances and i feel like everybody's going to interpret a little bit different and i think you know going into popcorn ratings you know, you'll see that too, probably, in what we rate it.
0: We will, yeah. We'll do, but before we get to the ratings, I do want to kind of do just a quick, like, good, bad. Like, if we can, maybe if we can segment it out, we can figure it out a little bit more, right? But I think, so, like, what's good about this movie? Obviously, Joaquin Phoenix is amazing in it. He never stops being Joaquin Phoenix until the last 20 minutes of the movie, though. Yeah. Because he's Arthur Fleck. Yeah. He's playing this character. And the way he does it and the way you see him slowly evolve from this guy who is just this meek little nobody to every chance he, every time he gets a taste of agency, every time he gets a taste of, I don't wanna call it power, but it is kind of power, you see his character change and evolve and unfortunately it's not evolving to something good, it's evolving into the Joker. But you made an interesting point, I think. What did you say on my text? You said something about Heath Ledger. Heath you never once thought you were watching Heath Ledger. Yeah,
1: I mean, when I watched The Dark Knight, I forgot Heath Ledger was portraying this. Like most of the time with actors, like you have something that you associate them with that while you can immerse yourself in the movie and forget so-and-so is playing so, you know, this character, at the end of the day, it's still like you're still thinking about that that person sure. and, and what goes with them. Like when I Nicholson. watched, when I watched the dark Knight, I was watching the Joker, right? I wasn't watching Heath Ledger portraying the Joker. It doesn't
0: sound like him. It doesn't look like him. It doesn't feel like him. There was
1: nothing identifiable other than, you know, and, and some of that goes in the face paint and makeup and that, but it at the same time, like if you looked at him, someone would be able to tell you that's Heath Ledger. Sure. Like if you looked at a picture of him, but if you watched the movie, you wouldn't be like, that's Heath Ledger. I
0: would argue to less effect Jared Leto is the same way. Like, I've seen Jared Leto in a lot of things. And I don't think of Jared Leto when I think of that version of the Joker. I just think of that version of the Joker. I'm not calling it good or bad because it's not good. Well, see, to me, I'm more identified.
1: And Jared Leto is obviously a person who's played all different different types and is typically transformed in whatever role that he is. Right. Like, he very... Very rarely does he look like front man of whatever band he's whatever. a part of it um, is his
0: band, Whatever. I can't even.
1: Anyways. <laughs> but very rarely does he look like Jared Leto on the red carpet. Sure. Is what we'll get at. From right. That like for. soft
0: feathered hair Jared Leto on the Academy Awards. Exactly. Like good looking dude. Exactly. And when he's the joke, when he was the Joker, he looked like insane. Like he didn't have the eyebrows. He had the tattoos, the white. All 30 that, seconds all to Mars. There 30 seconds to Mars. There you go. And with this, Joaquin Phoenix is Joaquin Phoenix. But the last twenty minutes, when he's uh, when he's got the face paint on, that's when I'm like, "Oh shit!" There's the Joker. Yeah. And and maybe that's the point. You know, maybe that's the point. Um, I I love the cinematography of this movie. This movie looks gorgeous. This movie obviously tries to emulate. The movie's Taxi Driver, King of Comedy. It's set in an old, grimy, like, late 70s version of Gotham. Uh, it's a Gotham out of time. There's no cell phones or anything like that. Um, the, 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 the cars are all older. The, the technology's all older, the sure. television stuff. And so the production design and the, the visuals of this movie are absolutely gorgeous. There, mm-hmm. there are some camera shots in this movie that are stunning. Uh, the overall cast is really good. Yeah, you know, obviously the focus is on Joaquin, but the overall cast is really good, and I would also, I would also say that the score by somebody whose name I am un- incapable of pronouncing, um, <laughs> it is. I'm gonna try it one time though. It is Hildur Guano Dotir, from Iceland. Iceland as right? hell, and. Um, she does this score and it is not the type of score that you can listen to it is haunting it is it is melodramatic and it's really really good like it's it's good in a way that i don't normally associate with scores like normally scores i like my themes i like my you know big heroic themes and things like that and you don't really have this here and i really liked the score yeah what so? What about? Did I cover pretty much everything that's good? You got anything else? Uh, I think as so. Far as I think that's. Good? I think
1: that's pretty in line.
0: So what can we definitively say is bad? I don't know that we can say anything definitively is bad.
1: No, I think everything else. I would go more along like the subjective line, like, like yeah, in you our can, opinion, can, what is bad? You could say yeah. I mean, for me, it moves a little slow. Like okay, sure. It takes a long time to get to where we're going. This movie's a little over two hours. Like we said, you don't get the Joker until the last 15 minutes of this movie. So I guess that's a mild spoiler for people, but like, you don't get what you're probably thinking is going to be the payoff in this film maybe an hour into it. You don't get that until an hour and 45 minutes into that. It is a slow,
0: methodical picture of a man losing control i suppose and it's not pleasant
1: and and that would be another thing that i would say is not necessarily bad about the movie but is going to hit people in different ways and people are going to carry different perspectives of it's not there's not really anything like happy about this film no like There's like I said, there's not really anybody you're rooting for in this film. Right. I mean, maybe some people would be rooting for the Joker um, in this film, but but there's nothing, you know, even when you get into those things that maybe would make you more sympathetic to the Joker, like at the same time, like. He's the Joker, like you said at the beginning of the podcast, like he's not someone that's been good and bad and, and that or someone that. You know, you just never feel really for him, and like, but then even people that like, uh, like the Wayne family and some of the even the cops in the film, like, they're not portrayed in the most positive lights. No, that like is, you don't roo- you're not really rooting for them either. Right. And so there's like there's no one that you really root for in this film, um, other than maybe, uh, what's her name? Zazie Beats. Zazie Beats. Ste-
0: what's her name in the movie? Stephanie something or.
1: Like maybe maybe you care for her a little bit
0: in this film, Sophie. But,
1: but other than Sophie, like who in this movie do you really care that much? You, I mean, Robert De Niro's character is super charming and relatable to like your Johnny Carson's and Lennos right. of the world and that kind of stuff. But like, he's, he's a showbiz guy. He's a showbiz guy. Yeah, he's so like. Who in this film are you rooting for? And again, I'm not saying that's bad necessarily, but like, a lot of moviegoers go into a movie wanting a point, wanting yeah. to cheer for someone, wanting, you know, a happy ending. And this isn't really that type of movie.
0: Yeah, it's like Taxi Driver, you know, how, like, you know, even though, and that's the thing is, and, and we'll get to the, I mean, we could, we'll we talk more specifics after we do our popcorn ratings and whatnot. But Taxi Driver, you have Travis Bickle, who is this original character. He exists outside of any, Canon or continuity or anything. And Travis Bickle does horrible things to horrible people. And those people deserve those things. But it's all a delusional like journey into the breaking of a man's mind. But that's Travis Bickle. He doesn't have the baggage that Joker has. Joker has a baggage to it that you can't disassociate. You can't disassociate from the character. So even though it does try to show Arthur in a sympathetic light, like he gets a raw deal a lot of times, you know, how, how much can you really give him sympathy when you know, like this is an origin story of a character that we know to be absolutely evil. Not only that, David, but to wrap this up before we get into our popcorn ratings, how much of it ever really truly even happens in this movie? What's real? What's not real? I don't know. We'll talk about that more when we get into spoilers, but before we do that, we gotta give our popcorn ratings. What's that noise? Popcorn. You making popcorn? Uh huh. I only eat popcorn at the movies. Now, if you've never listened to the podcast before, we do ratings a little bit differently here. Instead of giving one, two, three, four stars or one, two, three, four popcorns, we have different levels, meaning different things. We start with burnt popcorn, meaning if this this movie is garbage, it's not worth your time, even if it's free. We then have stale popcorn, which is like in a pinch, it'll do, but don't pay money for it. We have microwave popcorn right there in the middle, which is your mileage may vary. You might really like the movie. You might not like the movie. Much like microwave popcorn, it's kind of dependent on who you are and the situation you're in. We then have movie theater popcorn, meaning you should go see this movie in a movie theater. It's it's worthy enough to go take the time out of your day, spend the money on a ticket, go see it on the big screen. And then last, we have perfect popcorn, meaning you should go out, see this movie as soon as possible on the biggest screen as possible. And if ever we can't figure out if it should be one popcorn or another, we throw a soda in there, kind of as our version of a half star, if you will. So for the Joker, man, after all this is said and done for Joker, what's the popcorn rating on this kind of movie? It's almost impossible to give it one. I'm I
1: go movie theater popcorn. So okay. four popcorns. And the reason for me is regardless of how you're going to walk away from this movie, I think it's one that's worth seeing. It's it's like you said, it's art from that standpoint and I think if you and I, I won't even use the normal classification of if you're into comic books and things like this like go and see this movie. Like I think it's a performance worth seeing. Like I think it's a performance that will stand up, like down the line. Like people will talk about when they look back on Joaquin Phoenix's career. Like sure, this will be a performance that they mentioned, this like how great he was. Reel. Yeah, like this is gonna be in that reel when they do <laughs> his uh, his honorary Oscar or whatever it is, yeah. um, and those things. It's gonna be in there. Is one of those roles that was an iconic role for him. And I think it also helps um, present another view of a comic book movie and what it can be. And and again, this is not your traditional comic book movie, um, but it presents another way of taking these rich stories that we have and these rich characters that we're all familiar with and presenting them in a different way. And so from that standpoint alone, I enjoyed this. Um, It's definitely not perfect. Like this one, wasn't even close to getting a soda for me but sure. I think it is something that like I would define as something that's worth going and seeing in theaters um, taking that time out and seeing it could it be you know more of like a three and a soda absolutely but I think because of how well constructed it is and because of how well the performance is I got to give it four pop points
0: you know it's really tough for me and you brought up a really interesting point which is that DC is able to do something now that Marvel maybe necessarily isn't allowed to do and that's make these, little one offshoot DC black kind of Elseworlds type stories where it doesn't matter that it doesn't fit into the larger continuity. It doesn't matter that this isn't the Nicholson Joker or this isn't the Ledger Joker. It doesn't matter that this Joker doesn't have him fighting Batman because they can tell these really interesting, unique one off stories. And I am still, as I sit here right now, having a hard time figuring out <laughs> what popcorn rating I want to give it. Because on one hand, on that merit, on pure uh, uh, pure execution and difficulty level and pure uniqueness, I feel like it deserves perfect popcorn. On the other hand, I feel like this movie is the very definition of microwave popcorn, which is your mileage may vary, The best bag of microwave popcorn might be one of the best things that you ever eat. That perfectly popped bag with just the right amount of salt and butter is phenomenal. But if you're not in the mood for microwave popcorn, then, hey, it might not really do the trick. And that is what this movie is. It's a Rorschach, an inkblot test of a movie for you, for anybody So it's really, really hard to give it. I'm kind of going to just leave it at that, you know? I think that this movie has a lot of really amazing things going for it. Obviously a transformative performance, obviously gorgeous filmmaking um, from a technical standpoint, but at the same time, it leaves this feeling inside of you and inside of me that, that motivates me to not give it that perfect popcorn. There are issues that I have with this movie, and it's, um, it's vagueness, it's ambiguity that while on one hand may very well be the point, on the other hand is very frustrating as a viewer. So that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to leave it at that. Um, it, it can be for anybody, anywhere between something. It, it has all of the tenets of a perfect popcorn movie. But as I said, it's the very, very definition of microwave popcorn as to where your mileage may very well be different. I just got another text from a friend as we're talking right now. Somebody who just saw it was a good friend of the podcast. Jessica Gallagher has been on this very podcast. She said she loved it. But I'm willing to bet, David, dollars to dimes, that she probably loved it for different reasons than our good buddy Kai loved it. Sure. So it's a crazy movie, man. And we got to get into spoilers. We got to talk about some things a little bit deeper. But before we do, we got to take a quick little break. Hey, good movie buddies, before we get to spoilers, I want to remind everybody that you can get regular episodes of The Popcorn Diet delivered to you for free just by hitting that subscribe button or following us wherever you're listening from. We really appreciate you taking just a second... Give us a rating. Give us a review. Hit that follow button. Share The Popcorn Diet with any of your good movie buddies. We also want to remind you to check us out on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash thepopcorndiet and consider becoming a patron of the podcast. Consider Consider giving a dollar or two to the podcast. Not only is it going to help us improve this labor of love, but it's also going to get you access to exclusive patron-only content such as early ad-free episodes, franchise refills, Oscar primers, perfect popcorn, and more. Of course, we don't want you to forget that you can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, at The Popcorn Diet. And last but certainly not least, you can find all of our latest regular episodes, articles, predictions, All that and more on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. But David, it's time for some spoilers, man. And I don't even know where to start. Like, I don't even know where to start with spoilers for this movie. I think one of my biggest things is, like, obviously, like, when we talk spoilers, it's what scenes stood out. What are our favorite scenes? And to me it's all of the bursts of violence <laughs> which is is sounds terrible and feels terrible to say but those are the 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 propelling moments in this movie you know so from the moment he kills the 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 the, the I don't even know what to call them the yuppie kids those wall street kids on the subway he kills these these three young douchebag banker type kids that propels the story forward. When he kills, uh, what's his name, Randall, I think, his former coworker, that propels the story forward. When he kills his mother, that propels the story forward. And then obviously everything on the Murray Franklin show is a huge propulsion of the story. So those are probably the scenes that stood out most to me. You know, there's really interesting ticks. It's less scenes, and more character decisions, character ticks, Like I had mentioned in non-spoilers, every time he gets a taste of control, he evolves. Yeah. So there are moments where, like, for example, when he kills the Wall Street guys, he dances. He's He's got this thing where he starts dancing, you know, and he contorts his body and it's weird and otherworldly and feels almost alien. But that feels like that's the Joker coming out, you know? Sure. Really interesting stuff. He's got the laugh. He's got this condition where he, he... It's a medical condition that makes him laugh. And throughout the movie, it looks like it, it's it, it's crazy performance, man, where he, it physically hurts him to be laughing like this. But as he gets under more and more control, that fades away.
1: I think, to me, I interpreted that as... In the beginning, he's trying to hide his condition, right? Yeah. He's... He's got the card. He's really trying to resist laughing because he knows it's awkward. Mm-hmm. It draws attention to him. Mm-hmm. And so he's really trying to resist it, trying to be as normal as possible. As time goes on, obviously towards the end of the movie, he's just embracing who he is right? and and what he is. Right. And so he doesn't care if he laughs randomly. Like right. that's who he is. That's right. part of who he is. He doesn't care about giving a card and, and explaining to, to someone And so I think it's really interesting to see that to me is like one of the coolest achievements of this film. And probably the only reason why I feel like I would watch it again. Like, cause this is one of those movies where like I acknowledge it's well done, great performance. I don't really care to go see it again.
0: No, It's not the type of movie you watch, but if there was one thing as I've sat and
1: marinated on it was that I'd let, I really liked how they very subtly evolved his character, as you said. Um, every time he did something terrible, basically stepped out, you know, had those violent aspects, mm-hmm. he evolved some more, gained right. a little bit of confidence. I think after he killed the Wall Street, uh, the people Thomas Wayne's, you know, a couple people who worked in the Wayne Enterprises, right? He you know, you mentioned the dancing and that kind of thing, but I'm pretty sure that shortly after that is also when he has the dream or whatever you want to say sequence where he goes over to Sophie's house, and we assume.
0: Well, they goes never. In there. Yeah, but we that's never established as a dream sequence till till later. Till no, later. but I, I'm but what yeah. I'm
1: what I'm getting at is like that's when that happens,
0: right? Because he feels agency, he feels confidence, confidence, he feels. Like, he exists. Yeah. And, and then... It's really interesting. He also, not to, not to stay on the laugh for too long, yeah. but he's got two laughs in the movie. He's got the real one that is an affliction, and then there are a couple times in the movie where he's got a fake one that he just flips off. Yeah. Like, when he's walking out of the locker room laughing at a joke, he rounds the corner and stops laughing because it was bullshit. It was a fake laugh. Yeah. And those kind of blend together sure. at by the end. Sure. You know? This, this fake persona... And this real persona. It's just a fascinating portrayal.
1: Sure. And then you see like the confidence grow when he kills uh is it Ronald or Randall. Randall, Randall. Right. so I just knew it was our name. So when that happens and mm-hmm. you see him grow a little bit more, and then you know, obviously it all culminates to going on the show. Yep. All that kind of stuff. And so it's it's really that is something that like as I've sat and thought about the movie like has made me more and more interested in and it resonate a little bit more and more right. is just the accomplishment that they made to like subtly. again this movie feels like it's moving so slow and it does because there's not a lot of action to it mm-hmm. compared to what we're used to but at the same time like he changes a ton throughout the film absolutely uh, which is one of the things I think is probably the best parts of this film and it all ties in obviously to the performance Of Joaquin Phoenix to put this in front of you in a subtle way.
0: Exactly. And that's why, like, when you try and compare this to other Jokers, again, it's almost impossible. But you can kind of only do it with the last 15, 20 minutes. When he puts on the suit, the maroon suit, when he puts on the makeup, and they're doing the jock jams, which is... This movie has so many different things going for it, like that that song. What was your thought
1: on the Jock Jams?
0: So, number one, it felt really weird. It did. But number two, there's so much layers to it because, A, it feels really weird. But, B, it can also, like, it makes sense as, like, this is his new skin. It's his new confidence. He's pumped up. He's jacked. He's going to get go get beyond that show. Like that's the perfect kind of song to play. That's your hype music, and he's hype, right? Which it then fades into the really haunting score. On another level, that song is done by a guy named Gary Glitter, who has an extremely, extremely controversial background built with sexual abuse and allegations and all these types of things. So then there's that layer to it as well. You don't just pick that song with that type of background to be in this movie willy-nilly you know sure and so it's super interesting but but that's how you like that's the joker i i it's like oh there you are when he's sitting on the stage and there's what? there's a menacing aspect to it when he's still like he's standing back there and he's taking a smoke and he's very still and you and i'm like oh shit this joker is scary he's not smiling he's this guy in clown makeup who's just still and i'm like this guy's scary and when he's on murray franklin show he's cracking jokes and he's like you know i did it and he's doing voices and all these types of things but then when murray starts telling him, not everybody's horrible he just gets this look and you know bad shit's about to happen he's just yeah. like you're horrible murray and it's phenomenal stuff sure. man it's great great stuff but how do you compare it I, I don't know. How do you compare it
1: to any of the, the pre- other
0: any of the other Joker's previous versions of the Joker's? Like, I don't know. I don't I, know how I to think do
1: the, it. I think the hard part to compare it is like we almost need a second movie of him now as the Joker um, because we don't get to see him in the context that we typically get at Joker of sure. being the bad guy. Like, yes, he's a bad guy in this movie, right. but he's not the bad guy like even though like his murder of these stockbrokers <laughs> triggers off what it does he isn't he didn't intend for that he didn't go out and do that right, he that didn't was, try to incite that, was accidental. that. He it only, was accidental he
0: only actually uh, purposefully kills three people he kills Randall his mother and Murray
1: yes yep
0: and uh, mur the the whole Murray scene is actually pulled from eh, it's not really pulled from it but there's there's um what's the word I'm looking for origins of that scene in the dark knight returns where which is frank miller book and that's mm. frank miller's a whole other guy t- that we can dissect sure um, but there's a scene in the dark knight returns where the joker i think it's the dark knight returns where the Joker has seemingly been cured and is on a talk show and then kills everyone on the talk show. He gasses everybody. Yeah. And to like lure the Batman back out again. And it's like, okay, well, I see the comic book origins here. But, but yeah. You got man. a little
1: tie in in even the Dark Knight too, when uh, the Bruce Wayne employee goes on the talk show. Yeah. And then the Joker calls in. Not that that's, you know, apples to apples, but like they've incorporated this whole concept of like, you know, killing or threatening to kill or that kind of stuff. Even yeah.
0: Joker's first appearance in the comic books, he calls into a radio show and says, "At this time, at this location, I'm gonna I'm gonna rob this bank and nobody can stop me." That's yeah. baked into his origin, yeah. you know. And it's been different every time, you know. In in uh, Nicholson, he over he hijacked the airwaves and said, "Joker products and come by the, the thing, come by the." the parade in the dark night, he's doing his own videos and sending them into the news. So that theatricality is always built into the Joker. And I love that this movie is so different, but it also has those familiar touches. Sure. It's so interesting to me.
1: You want to get into some nitpicks? Sure. Or issues?
0: I got, I mean,
1: so mine, mine, we've talked about a lot of the issues we have or not necessarily issues, but kind of feelings on this but i do have a couple like straight up nitpicks on okay. this movie one is he smokes a ton in this film right he smokes a lot okay <laughs> but i don't think i remember maybe once him actually lighting a cigarette
0: Ooh, interesting
1: and i don't even know if i remember one i'm, I'm leaving the door open for one because i may have missed it but he's always smoking but you never see him lighting Light up a cigarette, cigarette. interesting And half the time they're like mostly gone, but you've been in this scene with him the whole time. Right. He's
0: chain smoking the entire time. I remember there's a scene where he's on the bed and on his nightstand is the gun and a pack of cigarettes. Yeah.
1: Interesting. It's weird. It was weird to me. Well, that,
0: I mean, not to get away from nitpicks, but that also ties into like, is everything, what's real, what's not real? Sure. Because his entire relationship with, with Sophie, with Zazie Beetz's character, turns out to be, Fake, you know, you see him hanging out with her. You see her visiting the comedy club. You see her sitting with him at his mom's hospital bed. And then when he goes into her her apartment, she's terrified of him. Yeah. She's like, oh, this your name is Arthur, right? Oh, you're in the wrong apartment, please. And it's like, oh, God, this guy's actually insane. Yeah. And it's amazing. But that leads to as I knock the table, that leads into the conversation of how much of this movie is actually real. Sure. I, I think Joaquin just commented the the scene where the boys steal his sign. He chases after him, and they beat the hell out of him. Mm-hmm. Who would steal the sign? They even ask him in the movie, who would steal a sign? That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's stupid. That sounds an awful lot like a, a Joker story. Just one thing he would make up. Like, my dad is a drunk and a fiend. Yeah. Or my wife pretty life left me, and I wanted to make her smile. Yeah. Or these boys ransacked me for my sign on the street. That yeah. sounds like some Joker shit. You exactly,
1: know? and I think that that creates, obviously, a lot of confusion, not necessarily for, for, so for I wonder, good or bad.
0: I wonder how much that's tied into the nitpicks, but I'm not I don't know. The
1: other thing that I had was and I and I get someone would probably tell me and you might even tell me that this is just it's a product of the world that this movie is sure. living in. Sure. Um but, you know, I have my doubts about him smothering his his mom and then just sitting down and smoking cigarettes like you don't have any alarms that go off right. in this hospital. I didn't hear the flat No line. nurse that comes running in. Like, these cops wait an awfully long time to even arrest him, even though, like, he's a clown. He's got some crazy tendencies. He's like not they a never person bring of interest in. at all. Like, they, you know, all these types of things.
0: We're just leaving voicemails for him. Like, exactly.
1: And even, even things like... Uh, You know how he gets, like the subway, I get it. Like you're on a subway late at night. Sure. Maybe no one's there. There's no cameras. This is, I gather that this movie is like late 60s, early 70s. I would
0: say late, I would say mid to late 70s. But yeah, that's the other thing is there's not cell phones. There's not, you know, there's not a lot of, you can get away with some shit.
1: Sure, sure. But it was, uh, for someone, you don't really know whether he's intelligent. Like everything in this movie makes you think he's not intelligent. Yeah. But then he gets away with some very intelligent things. Things so exactly. It's it's weird, and it's always obviously been a dynamic like the traditional Joker that we've gotten is yes he's crazy, but he's really smart. Like even the baseline of his character is that he's a super smart, like intelligent person. Right, he's a lunatic. But that's his just biggest, a lunatic. His
0: biggest flaw is his lunatic. He's He's, he's yeah. a psychopath.
1: Yeah, in this film, like you're not really sure whether this person's intelligent or not. Right. Like, is he in this situation because He's had some rough luck, right. his his upbringing, all that kind of stuff, or is he in this position because he's couldn't hold another but job? You, see, you know, like you it's see it
0: fade away. You know, much like everything at the beginning of the movie, he seems really inept. He seems very special needs, very uh, mentally unstable, maybe, yeah. maybe even mentally challenged. Yeah. And then as he gets, as he's off his meds, as he stops talking with people, he becomes more and more confident. The problem is he becomes more and more confident as the Joker, not as a upstanding yeah. member of society, yeah. which is probably my biggest nitpick about this is Joker kills these three. Or Joker. Arthur. He's not even Joker yet. Arthur kills these three Wall Street guys and the 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 citizens begin rising up and oh, it was a clown. So they start wearing clown masks and they start protesting in the streets and they're carrying these signs that say kill the rich and and all that kind of thing right and i this this movie is super gray on what it's trying to say about class warfare but it is clearly trying to say something about class warfare because class warfare is an inherent part of this film yeah you know the 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 whole thing so many characters talk about how it's getting worse out there people are getting crazier things are getting crazier the, the poor are rising up. The disenfranchised are rising up. They're not going to take it anymore. Yeah. And obviously that's extremely topical for this day and age. Yeah. You know, where if you're a rich white man, you are public enemy number one. And I'm not here to agree or disagree with that. But I'm here to say that nobody in this movie is shown in, a, as we mentioned this before, a totally sympathetic light. Nobody is shown in a completely unsympathetic light. Everybody is various shades of gray, which is maybe why this movie sits so weirdly with me. But even Thomas Wayne, Arthur goes to him and sneaks in under the impression that Thomas Wayne is his father. And Thomas Wayne isn't some gigantic asshole about it. He's a jerk about it for sure. But he's not so overtly terrible that it makes me think, oh, the rich are clearly terrible.
1: But there's also the context in that bathroom scene of, this is someone that showed up to your house. Yep. The other day, that's what touched unannounced, my kid. touched
0: my kid, touched my kid, put his fingers in my kid's mouth,
1: grabbed my, my butler, butler. We're assuming that's Alfred uh, in this. Yeah, sure. Grabs Alfred like in not like a unthreatening chokes way, chokes him out, practically chokes him, and then shows up in a place he should not be. Right. Having worn a disguise to get there, like you know. Most of us wouldn't which have... Which shows no, a level of
0: intelligence.
1: Yeah, which shows a level of intelligence and is making claims that obviously, like, if you didn't have an affair and didn't have a kid out of wedlock, you would be very much, like, defensive of yes. that. Especially in your position. I would
0: also punch that man in the nose.
1: Yeah, especially in the way that he confronts him. It's not like he's, like, letting him walk away. Like, right, he's being pretty insistent. So, like... It's not like I walked away from that scene being like, "What a douchebag, Thomas Wayne!" Obviously, his interview on TV where he says poor people are just like clowns and and wishing they were rich or like Tom like he doesn't look great in that scene. But like even that, it like it's like you carry in your understanding of who Thomas Wayne was before, and now we're portraying him in a different light. And so like it's not like you hate Thomas Wayne. But you're not really you like don't like him. You don't really feel bad when he gets. Sh- I mean, that sounds bad, but like it's not like you're like, no, don't shoot him. Don't shoot. You know, like obviously you don't want anybody. To- no.
0: At that point, though, you're just kind of like, oh, we're going to see this. This is, parents this is die what again. we're seeing. Exactly. Which on one on one hand. God, how many times are we going to see that? On the other hand. Oh, it's OK. It's a different
1: way to see how this ended up happening. So
0: now we're here. Now we're here to where is Arthur Fleck the real Joker? Is he just an inspiration for the Joker? Clearly, Bruce Wayne's parents just got gunned down. We know the the long history of where that leads to. Does that mean that means twenty six year old Batman is beating sixty five year old Joker's ass? <laughs> That's
1: exactly what. That was my last nitpick. <laughs> is that like if this is the Joker? Right. I mean, at at the youngest, this Joker is late twenties.
0: This Joker? Yes. Yeah, that's a
1: stretch. I, I know. I'm. I'm. I, if I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt okay. of like he's had some bad miles on him, you know, oh, to is, where he's aged this worse. Is
0: 1981. Interesting. Okay. But
1: if I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt there, but like, if if, if you were Phoenix if, is forty four if you were to ask me what I th- what age I actually thought he was, sure. I would say mid to late thirties, maybe early forties sure. in this film. Okay. But like that. if if you told me no this guy's 29 like okay like i guess Bruce
0: Wayne is approximately let me see how old the kid who played Bruce Wayne is let's do some math here for i a i
1: think he's probably like 6 yeah he's got to be 6, six to 6 to 7
0: he's would nah, be my I, guess there's no way i find this kid's age
1: anyways we'll we'll call him in the 6 to 8 range he's definitely not so maybe maybe max of 10
0: 25 years later
1: we're going to say there's at least a 20 year age gap at between least, these two. At
0: least a 20 year age gap between the two. And let's say, conservatively, 20 years later, he's Batman.
1: Yeah. That so, means
0: <laughs> this Joker's like 60?
1: 50 to 60? 50 to 60.
0: Yeah. Unless he inspires the Joker.
1: Exactly. And but just- he's got
0: the actual
1: Joker's name that we've had from the con or traditionally, the most common name used from. In Arthur Fleck.
0: Arthur Fleck is one. Jack Napier is another. Yep. um, And then there are other various ones. But yeah, man, I guess the last thing I wanted to mention is the thing that makes this movie so weird is that if you want to tell a story about or if you want to have the downtrodden rising up against the rich, like obviously that's a very popular movie to make right now. But to have the downtrodden rising up against the rich under the guise and leadership of the Joker just is so weird because then that automatically associates them with this absolutely evil character. So how am I supposed to feel about that? Am I supposed to feel bad for the downtrodden? Or am I supposed to feel like, oh, these people, like, the world's going mad? Likewise with the rich, you know? You know, Am I supposed to feel bad about the rich or am I supposed to feel as if they're getting a fair shake or whatever? Uh, clearly they're jerks by the, the Wall Street bros and – And, you know, to a certain degree, Thomas Wayne's behavior. But, yeah, man, it just is a weird, weird – under. like, again, you can make this exact movie and have it be about Arthur Fleck and have him be like, hey, Murray, when I go out there, can you call me Mr. Giggles and not – no Bruce Wayne, no Thomas Wayne, no Gotham. Change all those names. Change Thomas Wayne to Thomas Cadbury. Change Arkham Asylum to Bellevue Asylum. All these things. This movie still works. It might even work better because at least then you can tie it to the themes of the disenfranchised rising up. You might get some sympathy where there is no sympathy with the Joker.
1: I would even argue you might win an Oscar for it. Like yeah. which I after seeing this, like I have less like outside of maybe a maybe a nomination and I think he's in the conversation, obviously, for actors.
0: Production design, maybe.
1: Maybe, but I think it's a longer shot, being that it's a comic book movie. And usually we're the ones, you know, fighting for that. That shouldn't play a factor in it. But to me, like, this movie is less effective because you have the Batman circling around it.
0: It's certainly. At least the
1: way that it was done.
0: Right. It's certainly less concrete. It's that inkblot. It's how do you feel about this movie? And again, maybe that's the point. Maybe Maybe that's the point of this whole thing is that it's the Joker telling us this story. Sure. Maybe this entire thing is all nonsense except at the very end when he's sitting in the insane asylum and apparently kills that orderly because then he's running around with bloody footprints. Yeah. Like maybe that's the point that everything before this is not real. And that's what's so interesting about this movie. That's why I can't hate it. I can't hate this movie. Uh, I
1: respect it. Do you want to see another movie with this Joker?
0: And, 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 you know, that's the hard question because the franchise lover in me is like, hell yeah. I want to see where he's full-blown Joker and maybe this would be a new version of it. Maybe instead of a gangster or an anarchist or a gangsta, maybe this is like social justice Joker where I'm leading and rising up these people and building my army based on how these people have – treated that's an interesting different dynamic. You know, I don't know. I don't know what that's like. You know, maybe it's... uh, We've never seen a Joker who is a man of the people in some way, shape, or form. That's interesting to me. Do I want to see it... Do I want to see Batman involved with it? I don't... Probably not. I don't know, man. It it just... Would I love to see a Batman go up against this Joker? It'd be really interesting. But what would that Batman be?
1: I don't feel like this Joker... To me, with what we've seen, I don't feel like this Joker is capable of what we've seen in other movies from Joker. No. Like, is he capable of murdering someone in cold blood? Right. Getting into somewhere that he probably shouldn't doing something like maybe even letting off a bomb or something like that. But like, is he capable of outsmarting like a hero?
0: Right. I don't get that. I don't don't know. But is he capable see of sneaking into the right place, killing the right person to then incite a movement that would cause a big, big problem for our hero? Maybe. Sure, maybe. So super interesting movie, man. Obviously long enough for having a big, long conversation about it. Um, before we wrap it up, obviously I want to remind everybody that you can get regular episodes of The Popcorn Diet for free just by hitting subscribe, following us wherever you listen to podcasts from. Take a second out of your day right now. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Share us with your friends and family. Don't forget, go to patreon.com slash thepopcorndiet. Consider becoming a patron of the podcast. Don't like the ads in the middle of this episode? Hey, become a patron. Then you don't have to worry about the ads anymore. That's just one thing. Obviously, we got this episode out late. We've had a lot of things going on. Want earlier access to the episode? Become a patron. Patreon.com slash thepopcorndiet. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram at thepopcorndiet. And last but certainly not least, look for all all of our latest regular episodes, articles, Oscar predictions, and more on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. But for the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn, I am your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson, and we're going to see you next time with not one David, but two, Will Smith's Double Big Willie style with Gemini Man on the Popcorn Diet. Adios.